theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. Three, two, one. Welcome, 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 welcome to Treasure Island, the home of the podcast Life Out of the Box, featuring your favorite podcaster, Quinn Elise Button. How are you doing today? And your other favorite podcaster, Jonathan Edward Button. Jonathan. Yes, I'm here and I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful to be able to reflect on our journey to getting here because we're not there yet. Where is there? Well, it's it's up, I can tell you that, but getting here was definitely uh, not an easy task, always requires a lot of work, and it's fun to see where we were and where our heads were at in order to help propel us to where we are today. And I'm very happy and I'm very proud of what we've accomplished, but I also acknowledge we're not even close to accomplishing the big picture goals that we uh, set for ourselves for a very long time. I, I mean, some of them, you know, the more difficult the goal, the greater the performance and we do set some pretty difficult goals at times but this is going to be fun to see what goals we set in the past and are we on are are we on the trajectory to get there yeah because i do think that it is important to reflect on them especially because you write them down and then life happens and Mm -hmm. then you know you want to make sure that you're if you if you really did want that, do you still want that? And yeah. what can you do to make sure that because it's obviously a priority to you. So what yeah. are you what are you gonna do to continue that? And these goals. So today we're actually gonna be talking about like pretty long term goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like seven. I think we, it's funny we put goal in ten years, and then we crossed ten. And we said seven years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wonder but, why we did that. So oh, oh I know why we did it before we were forty. Yes. Yeah. That was because yeah. So yeah, I didn't want to be like forty two. Yeah. It's just easier to change it. So that's funny. So yeah, seven years. And I also think that's kind of, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the same goals that we put in 10 would be the same goals we put in seven. Yeah. So it's just like putting more pressure on ourselves to accomplish more in a shorter period of time. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like us. That's us in a nut. I would say so. Yeah. So, um, okay. I'll start it off. One of these, one of the things that, um, you put down here, and I think this is this is so great. You said, <laughs> I want to be fluent in Spanish, reading, writing, and speaking. Like others think that we learned it as a child. Yeah, I'm, I am dedicated to that, Yeah, as you know. Ever since we graduated with our PhD, I felt like it's something that I have to fully embrace. I acknowledge that during the PhD dissertation. Honestly, we didn't do anything but that. Yeah. And the idea of being able to study something on the side didn't seem plausible. So. Yeah. I believe it was right after we finished it all. I said, I'm going to start with Duolingo and I'm going to get the longest streak possible. Today was day 589, almost 90 something. Nice. And I'm really dedicated to it, but it only occurred, I would say maybe since our trip to Miami. Yeah. I'm like, let's turn this up. Yep. And we stayed in, it was a nice, it was a nice hotel, but one of our favorite channels in the hotel room, oddly enough, was Univision. Yeah. And they have this TV show that's like a romantic reality. I wouldn't call it romantic. It's like blind dating yeah. uh, love show. Yeah, it's called Enamorandanos. Yes, very hard word. And I'm impressed that you oh, said that. You. I was trying to avoid saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they do this whole thing where it's kind of like a blind date and it on stage. 
and they can't see each other, but the audience can see them and they ask questions and then they open the door of love and they see if they could, they're actually compatible and they, (laughs) they, they ask them yes or no with this cool little song. It's like, que si, que si, que no, que no. And so it's like, it's getting, it's, it's like entertaining, very entertaining. It's fun. And because it's love, you can read their body language. So you don't need subtitles because you can kind of vibe what they're saying. Yeah. But man, it's pushing me to the next level of like, I really got to work on my Spanish. So that was the opening door. Now I'm freaking watching Nickelodeon Junior in yeah. Spanish in the morning. I watched Blue's Clues in Spanish this morning because I'm like, I got to get there. Yeah. And you know, there's weird words that I just didn't know that I need to start learning. Like, how do you say the verb to row, like rowing a boat or a vine? I don't know how to say that. I know how to say grapes, yeah. but when you're talking about grapes on a vine, how do you say that? So I'm trying to lean in. I'm dedicated to it. By the time I'm 40, I better be fluent. I think I, I really do think if we continue on this path and also what's interesting too, is I think we wrote this in a place where no one spoke Spanish around <laughs> us. Like, no one, one person, one person maybe. <laughs> and so, and we both know like when we lived in Central America, I mean, that's when our Spanish really got turned up. That was the most fluent, the closest to being fluent, at least being able to just talk with people. We and were listen. dreaming in Spanish. We were dreaming in Spanish. And we know that immersion is the best way to go. It's mm-hmm. not about just studying. It's about actually using it in a way that is helpful, that makes you really learn it. And so when we went to Miami recently, that was definitely one of those moments too, where this this 10-year or 7-year goal for us mm-hmm. it was was turned up, right? Because yeah. it was like, oh, yes, that's right. We we really want to be in a place where other people speak Spanish. And we were around people who spoke fluent, beautifully fluent Spanish and English. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't tell the accent in the English, and it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> they were spoken in Spanish. And so it was very inspiring, motivating, I think. And then also, of course, just being immersed in that area where, I mean, you really are listening to Spanish all the time. And yeah. it's and the way that, you know, you look like you should be speaking fluent Spanish. I like, know. I it, would surprise it's a, people. It's a, benefit and a con yeah well no i think it's what it's it's good because if this is your goal it's going to push you to get there right definitely especially if you live in a place like miami definitely living in a place in miami so i have a question for you why do you think we set that as a goal why is it important for us to learn another language well i think that there's there are so many benefits that come from being bilingual Mm -hmm. um not just you know from your from a brain standpoint, it definitely keeps you sharper and mm. being able to switch back and forth. You're okay. not translating between languages. You f- you fully know two separate languages. Right. Um, but it, I think that we started it. We, we, we knew, we saw ourselves get fluent in Spanish mm-hmm. when we lived in areas where they only, where we could only speak Spanish. Yeah. We saw that and then we lost it mm-hmm. and we know that it's there, that the potential is there. And yeah. I think that it just opens up many doors to yeah. be able to have, you know, you meet someone traveling and they speak Spanish. We also really love the ability to just like speak together, mm-hmm. you know, in a language that, you know, if we're, I, I just, I think there's so many benefits that come from it that we see. Is there th- one major benefit that you feel comes from learning another language or specifically learning Spanish? Hmm. For me, it's the fact that I, I feel like I'm, that's an essential step to being a global citizen. Yeah. You can't just be fluent in one language like if you were an ambassador representing your country 
you gotta be speaking multiple languages, at least at least another one besides English or, or whatever whatever your home country speaks. So to me, it's like if our vision for us by the time we're forty is to be more globally global bigger uh, more involved in the world as a whole. You gotta learn at least one other language. I agree. And I didn't want to try. I didn't want to try to learn multiple languages and be like okay at all of them. I want to learn one in full in addition to the one that I speak. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, and also <laughs> research shows that once you have that second language, if you have two, it is actually relatively easier for mm-hmm. a, an individual to learn another language as well. Right. So it's like if you really are fluent in two different languages, mm-hmm. your ability, your cognitive ability to actually then take on a third one mm-hmm. becomes easier just yeah. for lots of different reasons. But I totally agree with you on being global citizens. You yeah. know? I want to say one benefit really quick before we change it, because I only realized this recently, is one thing that I'm loving about learning Spanish is I can now watch so many more shows that I already watched the English version of, and now there's a Spanish version, and yeah. it's like, holy crap, this is awesome. So, you know, Jersey Shore seeing all of them they were fun they got their place but there's a spanish version dude i want to learn about this culture you know and so it's it's like a whole new realm of opportunities i mean it's like a new world of opportunities uh from entertainment to social gatherings and meetings i mean how many more uh virtual meetups could we attend in Spanish, I know. You know, like there's a million different things. So. It does. It opens up so many doors. Yes. I think. And there was one guy who I was talking to in Miami. He was Venezuelan, and his English was okay, and my Spanish was okay. And so we, but we immediately started talking. His Spanish, his English was better than my Spanish, but we were trying mm-hmm. to do both. And he, we, we were having a conversation that speaks to what you're just saying. It's like, how do you actually understand fully a culture without? knowing the language you can't there's something elusive about one's culture mm-hmm. the people that you can never grasp if you don't actually learn the language because you can't right. really get to like i can't fully get to know him and his personality because there's a language barrier yeah right so it does allow the connection of of humans across the world right you know in a way that if you if deeper you had, and more yeah, meaningful exactly that's a very good point so, so open well, those doors my friend so that's still very much we're on the path we're trying to turn it up a little bit so mm-hmm. that's good um another thing that uh we put on here which is uh, i think very interesting is i do want to work a lot from airports and travel internationally for work mm. well we will <laughs> i mean we got to do it a little bit this year but like not with the vision that we had when we wrote that down. Yeah. I think, in all honesty, that's a little bit out of our control. Mm. To me, in the future, if, if, if it's available, to me, there's no question we'll be able to do that more so. But until it becomes available for us, we, you kind of got to just sit back and just be patient. You know, yeah. patience is such an important thing to remember when reflecting on the year tw- when we wrote that in 2020 yeah. and still we're definitely feeling a lot of that in 2021. I mean, United States is doing amazing, but globally there's a lot of pain going on and we can't think that just because everything's looking better here, that it, everything's looking better everywhere, you know? Yeah. And so we got to just be patient. We're trying to be international citizens, but you got to just wait for the world to be ready for you. That's We're true. ready for it. We are ready for it. When yeah. it. And, you know, I think that hopefully it will, you know, we will be able to do that hopefully by the time we're 40. I think, I think to me, there's no question we will. 
Yeah. It's well p- because we're prioritizing it. We put it on the list. It's obviously a big important priority to us. It was what we had on our list when we were in Thailand for our plan for what we were going to do in 2020. But who could have ever imagined that that was something that was going to be out of our control? I yeah. mean, isn't that maybe that's a, l- a little bit of the whole pandemic's lesson is there's only so much you do control and at any point in time it can be taken away. So if that's the case, then go live it while you can. Absolutely. I mean, that's how we kind of reframed it. For sure. I mean, how many times have we said, oh, gosh, I'm so grateful that we went and traveled over to Southeast Asia, mm. you know, like yeah. it gave us a whole new perspective on, on life and, and what the future might look and like. And we'll be also. back. There's no question we'll be back. It's just a matter of time. Exactly. All right. Here's another one. Alrighty. I want our work to be highly valued. Oh, that one's so interesting. I know. Why did we put that for freaking, you know, that long? I don't know. Well, do we value our work? Well, I think no, we do. I, yeah, I think we do. do. Well, I think that I think that it's more <laughs> ex- externally focused, which I think is very interesting. Like we want our work to be highly valued by others. Mm. I think is kind of what we were going towards. And and just to kind of supplement that and give it context, it we do we did also write, you know, like get invited to speak at different uh, events, conferences, and whatnot, and have a book published. Oh, man. Okay, that's By a good goal. For, all right, so let, I think let's just start with the work being valued, right? How do you measure one's work being valuable? I think the main way you would measure it is, or most people would measure it, is by how much they get paid for their work, mm. right? Yeah, maybe. It's definitely not what I was thinking. Okay, go ahead. I was thinking more that it's helpful. Like, it's people want to... People want to hear about it. They want to listen to it. They want to, they want to know about it because it's helpful in some way, shape or form to, to solving an issue. Okay. Well, even with both measures, I think that that's something I think we, you can always work harder to get it to become more helpful, more beneficial. You know, even though we meet this threshold, we're going to keep still aim for it once, even if we're getting paid like, like a hundred thousand dollars to go speak for five minutes, like hypothetically speaking of course but if that were to happen we'd still say well we want to be more valued than that you know like yeah we, we would always aim further and further well i think that it's not about how much we get paid I don't, i'm i'm just reflecting on honestly how i remember this okay and probably who we are in general mm-hmm. i think that it was not about how much we get paid i think it was about how much i don't know how how much impact our yeah. work can actually have but how, how do you measure that like how many people are attending your your speech, you know, or how no, many I people think that embrace the, I, it? I think like the interest in it, right? Like what mm. the interest, the relative interest in it, right? So, and, and is, is it actually contributing to the progress, the, to the progression of something that mm-hmm. is going to make the world better? So like, I think even about, you know, when we went to the conference for, for Bitcoin, you know, who was there speaking about it? Have they, like, what was their role in, in basically helping bring Bitcoin, you know, to the point where it is right now, right? right. Um, I feel like bi- people had lots of different paths on that and had different contributions in, in lots of different ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, some are probably more valued by some right. than others, right? Right. Well, but, it's like sometimes it's the in the room, the tiny room, the people really know who's the big, big honcho, but then who's, who's got the face and that's very different. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, but I don't know if it's necessary. I don't know if we necessarily meant that. 
I don't know that we were the face maybe, but no, no, no. I, I think that's what we meant not to be. Yeah. It's like you want to be impactful where those who are really in the, that realm, they know yeah. that's your, you're the con big contributing member. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like authentically you're, you're there to actually contribute to this in a way that is not about seeking status, fame or anything like yeah. that. It's like you're, you're here, your research or your, your, yeah, your writings, your thoughts, your, your, your creation. There's right? probably better examples, but even like Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, I think there's no debate that they were equal contributors towards yes. creating Apple, the company. But at the very beginning, no one even knew who Steve Jobs was. But yeah. if you did know, if you, if you knew the roots of the Apple tree, wink, wink, yeah. then you knew Steve, Steve Wozniak, you knew what he did. And he would be someone that you would go up to approach and have a conversation with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Very true. Yeah, totally. And I, I think maybe even one other thing to just add to this briefly is it, it could have also been like what experience our experiences in work, whether that was building a business or helping others build businesses, that mm. that would be highly valued, like being invited to be on a board or something like that, because like your experience and your work is super valuable to the creation of this company, right? Yeah. Or the create or the research of this you know, the development of this blockchain or whatever it is, it's you know, so like weird. there's like that. Now that you're making me think about this, because I just feel like we never value. I think it's like our issues. We're like, we've done a lot, but maybe like we don't personally even feel it. Like we're not accepting the feelings of it. Like, for example, we've mentioned it. We did the CCW working with um, two incredible social entrepreneurs, one from Kazakhstan, one from Nepal. And that's exactly what we were talking about. Our work was heavily valued yeah. and we were very grateful to be able to i mean it was like almost emotional when we con when there was the concluding ceremony yeah and now we're doing the veterans entrepreneurship program yeah where once again i'm feeling as though our experience and knowledge is going to be heavily valued yeah and there's many other examples we can go through but like i don't really think about them yeah but maybe all, maybe we're already there yeah, maybe, but maybe it's just like a reminder of, you know, make sure you're on that path where, yeah. where you, where we value it Yeah. because we're not, if we value it, it, there's probably a very good reason for us doing that work, right? right. It's not just because it's a hobby on the side that we're doing. It's no. probably because we really love it. We're kind of one of those people where if, when we do something, we go all in, like right. what, what's the point of doing something half-assed? It's like exactly. you want to go hundred percent in. Yeah. So if we value it, there's probably going to be other people who value it. And I would say that's probably true for anyone who has, you know, who is doing something that they're really passionate about too, mm -hmm. you know, whether someone not, whether like the entire world values it or not, doesn't really matter as long as you have, you know, there's, there's a group of individuals who also will value it. Yeah. You know, you'll find that you'll find hmm. your people. So, so I think that's a great goal that we set. It's something that we'll continue to see like growing progressively. Yeah. And even when we get there, we'll still probably feel the same way, even if it's on a whole new level. And that will be our goal in the next 10 years after that too. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good that's point. That's weird, right? No, I like that. All right. Here's another one that I think you'll find interesting. Um, we want to have another form of citizenship. Mm, this is by 40. Still think it's very possible. Yeah. Well, you already have two. I'm Brit. And I'm an English guy. Well, I'm an English guy and a Brit and a American. So yeah, English are. guy and the Brit is same. Yeah, they, pretty much. So yeah. But yeah, so but for us, we both kind of think at this time had this realization, and this was definitely, I think, influenced by the trip over to Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. um, that you know, the value of citizenship, of, of multiple citizenships or dual citizenship, yeah. um, and the freedom that 
um, one can have and the benefits mm-hmm. that one can have through those uh, different forms of citizenship. And especially in a time where a pandemic occurred, where yeah. you're like, wait, how do I get back home? Or where do I want to go now? Like, yeah. what, like you feel like all of a sudden you can't do certain things because your citizenship prevents that from yeah. happening. Well, the borders got thicker. They did. In a weird way. And so um, we have a whole episode on like, you know, the benefits of, uh, the benefits and the value of citizenship in mm-hmm. general. But um, I think that's an interesting one. And I do feel like that might be something that will still be on the list. Is it still a goal of yours? Yeah. Yeah, I would say For so. sure. Is it something, is it of equal importance now as it was when you wrote that down? Yes. I would say so as well. A hundred percent. I would say so. So the question is where? Yeah. I I don't really have the question of how as much as I have the question of where. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, but what, it gets really complicated too because it's like, well, some citizenships are not as beneficial as others so you got to be a little bit strategic about it all, yeah you that's know? very true it's it's pretty easy to get uh well not easy but you can pay for a citizenship like that in certain yeah uh locations around the world but they, do, they really don't help you at all when you're trying to you know cross borders to other places besides that small location yeah and so if we're gonna do it we got to do it in a place that's going to carry many benefits yeah. for the next 50 years because at that point we'll be 50. Yeah. So, or no, we'll be 40. So it's yeah. going to give us till 90 yeah. of travel. Of course. Let's try Why to go not? 100. Though. 100. Yeah. I think that at the time too, we were very much also thinking about our, reflecting on our experience and the knowledge we acquired about uh, Singapore when we were there too. Mm-hmm. Where that was very eye-opening. It was eye-opening in terms of the way that they do their citizenship. Most um, powerful passport in the world is and um yeah i just i think about it a lot obviously we're also in an interesting time where a lot of countries have been changing their visa laws where they want to actually encourage people to come but to stay longer yeah um which i think is also very interesting i'm not sure how i mean at the i would say in 2020 that's when it really started to shift around because i think so many people were working remotely and wanting to move yeah i don't know how how that's progressing right now in mm-hmm. terms of visa because v- new visas because you know a lot of places are in their 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 second or third wave of of the pandemic so they right. it's not like they're going to allow people to come in you yeah. know so it's all very interesting but i think you know in in long term this is a long term goal of course so i think it's still possible and we'll definitely it's it's definitely possible we d- we'll, we'll see how the world opens up but where i'm excited to figure that part out that's kind of the fun exciting part of it yeah i totally agree Let's see. Let's do one more. Okay, one more. Let's do it. One more. I think this one's interesting, and it's more about physical asset investments. Okay. It's about wanting to have uh, international investment property, physical asset. Interesting. In a different place, which I think is very interesting, too. I mean, is that how we feel right now? Well, I think, I think the reason that we wrote that is because... We are of the mindset we don't want all of our eggs to be in the same basket. Right. And I believe through all of our travels that we had in the 2019 and 20 and the beginning of 2020, we realized that even though you may be, you, you may have different baskets, they may still be in one bigger basket. Right. And that being the United States of America. So even if it's in U.S. dollars, uh, and your investments are in stocks and bonds and property in the United States of America, 
you're still in the basket of the United States of America. So I think that was a vision of let's go outside of our country and let's look at alternative ways. I also remember when we were in, I think it was like Cambodia, getting a ton of international investment going in. And it was just eye-opening for us to see how uh, people from all over the world were investing into having, whether it was like a small apartment, something residential, or having it set up where they have their own, you know, commercial property that they either have their own restaurant or they're renting to someone else who has a restaurant there. Right. And that was eye-opening to think, oh, well, that definitely (laughs) is as far of a separate basket as the United States could be. And, you know, there's pros and cons to that. One may argue that that, like Cambodia, would be a more riskier basket. But at the same time, it's separate. It's not like if it goes down, it all goes down. Right. You know, maybe they would be better in certain situations. And so it's trying to find um, different uh, opportunities that aren't heavily correlated with the highs and the lows of the U.S. market. Yeah. Now, if you reflect on it like that, I think we definitely are dedicated to ensuring that we're keeping him separate yeah you know just more baskets we just want more baskets yeah. that's what we should have wrote down yeah that's a good point <laughs> diversification but this one was specific and i think you're so right the context of it was basically what we had seen in southeast asia mm-hmm. and in terms of the different types of countries who were investing in in there and the different types of people from all over the world who right. are and so and seeing these areas with a lot of actually great potential that were that was not being capitalized on yeah or talked about in america right you know it was like wow this is actually interesting but i think you're so right it's about diversification that's really yeah. what it is all about it's about just yeah having our investments spread out in different ways in different areas mm-hmm. so that you know it's not all it doesn't all go to go to crap yeah well it's interesting now because i also think like Throughout our journey, we've now recognized the extra maintenance required with with physical assets. And ugh, trying to manage it, just being in the States with another with another physical investment in the United States, it's a lot of freaking work. Still. It is a lot of work. And it's con- continuous maintenance, like ongoing repairs. Now imagine trying to do that with a property on the other side of the freaking world. Yeah. Man, it gets really, really complicated. Could it be done? Absolutely, 100%. And it could definitely be done if you were traveling a lot. If you, yeah, if you're traveling all the time and maybe you're checking in every so often, that then, yeah, it makes it look a lot lighter. So that would complement our previous uh, goal of being traveling and working in airports and all that. But it it is an interesting thought. I mean, how much of a goal would you say that is for you today? It's not highly prioritized right now, I mm-hmm. would say. I, I also think that the other issue with physical assets, wh- wherever they are, like you said, the maintenance and whatnot of all yeah. that, but it's also that they're illiquid. Mm. You know, I think that that's another thing that we won't talk about on here that was alluded to in a couple of points in our, our long-term goals is, you know, liquidity mm. and, and being able to take, um, you know, to be, be able to take the opportunity when it comes. That hmm. we, not all of our our, you know, capital that we've worked really hard to, you know, grow and, and acquire, mm-hmm. um, isn't locked up that mm. if something happens, if something not just happens and something goes bad, right. if something goes bad, the, the illiquid assets are actually usually pretty okay. Yeah. But when there's another opportunity for us to do something, to invest into ourselves or into something else yeah. that we actually do have liquidity to be able to take, uh, those opportunities when they come. So, yeah. 
Uh, right now, yeah, international physical assets, not uh, high on the priority list. But, yeah. but um, liquidity is an interesting thought. Like you're actually making me think really hard because if you're, if you're talking about liquid assets versus illiquid assets, the, the ones that are least liquid would be non-fungible. Yeah, exactly. And that would include real estate or items that are one of a kind. Yeah. But at the same time, couldn't it be argued that the non-fungible ones are the ones that have the highest potential of growth? Yeah, they do. But that that's the trade-off, right? Yeah. That's the trade-off of those assets, those non-fungible assets. Right. Is you're trading liquidity basically mm-hmm. for long-term growth over time. So I guess it's a, once again, diversification. So you're it just is. trying to find... So maybe, I don't know, it would be interesting how we recreate, because we're, we're going to, I'm assuming that when we're going to write our new list, we'll also include our goal, but now won't say seven years, it'll say six years yeah. from now. Yeah. And it'll be interesting how we, I, I think it's not necessarily going to, it's not going to be a new list, but I think a lot of the items will be rephrased or yeah. reframed, and that would be one of them. Yeah, I think it would be fun actually to um, keep from seven, this this one that we're reading, keep that mm-hmm. in the same area, but keep on six years from now, five years from now, four years from now, and just to see mm-hmm. how it kind of changes and evolves, and what we take out and what we leave in, and interesting, and how we rephrase certain things. So reframe, rephrase, yeah, yeah because yeah, that maybe we're, were we too specific on that on that goal? The, uh, maybe, but maybe. I mean, it is interesting that we were pretty specific in a long-term goal. We were probably more specific in the long term than we were in just the short term of six months. Too. Yeah. So yeah. I think that it's, it's, it might be because we think that there is a um, bit greater opportunities yeah, and alternative in yeah. the future. Yeah. Well, the evolution of the buttons. That's it. Written by <laughs> Quinn and John. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in, you guys. Highly recommend that you do this for yourself. It actually is pretty fun and interesting to reflect on. Make sure you keep it yeah, and then reflect this. on it. It's so great piece of advice. Really, honestly. So we look forward to speaking with you all tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.